Hello and welcome to a special Halloween edition of the Film Pulse Podcast. My name is Adam Patterson. With me today, we got Kevin Rakestraw. Hey, Kevin. Hey. What's up? Hey. How much? Also joined this week by Film Pulse contributor and co-host of Saved by the 90s, Ken Bakley. Welcome, Ken. Hello. This year, we're going to be looking at creature features. One from the 60s, one from the 70s, one from the 80s, one from the 90s. And of course, we'll also be going over this week's new releases in theaters, VOD and Blu-ray as well. I want to thank you all for tuning in. If you like what you hear, consider becoming a subscriber to us on Patreon, patreon.com slash filmpulse. And if you want some more Halloween goodies, be sure to listen to Say by the 90s, our 90s podcast. The Halloween episode is up right now, so give it a listen on your preferred podcast platform. We talk about post-scream teen horror movies. Had a good time with that one. That was really fun to revisit a lot of those. Yeah, it was, definitely. That being said, I think we should dive in to our first review. So we're starting off with The Deadly Bees from 1966. This is directed by Freddie Francis. I have a synopsis here. Trouble strikes when an exhausted pop singer sent on a vacation to a farm realizes that the farm's owner grows deadly bees. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Ken, as our guest... We'll start it with you. What did you think of The Deadly Bees? The thing about watching all of these movies in so short a time span is that you very quickly realize that all four of these are very loose variants on the exact same plot structure. Oh, yeah. They're all very anti-rural locations because all of these take place in rural locations, which is, of course, where the uh, creatures come from. Uh, and it's all about people entering some kind of rural community or location uh, out in the middle of nowhere, and from then you find all of your mutant creatures. I'd say the deadly bees, it's all right. Bees are pretty deadly. They certainly can be, yeah. Yeah, I meant these bees. Most bees, they're just doing their job. Be nice to bees, everybody. We need to save there's, the bees. I was going to say, there's not that many of them left. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I, this, this, I want to make the official announcement. Uh, we at the Film Pulse podcast are pro-bees, but anti-deadly bees. <laughs> uh, but, it depends on the deadly bees who they're killing, I think. Anti-some uh, deadly think bees. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe rogue dead deadly beat if they're in the right hands yes i think everything's okay we are pro most bees including some specifically <laughs> trained deadly bees i think that comes. Uh, All right. yeah I, I think it's you bring up an interesting point uh i noticed that as well watching these these four movies it, it does sort of dawn on you like oh these are all all these sort of deadly insect movies or you know, deadly creature movies—they're all—they're all sort of—they follow the same structure, pretty much. Pretty much all of them are the exact same. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I noticed that a lot of them are very anti-science too. Like often, <laughs> like, like the, the, these feel very, very like creationist-centric <laughs> movies where like science is always running amok, and it's always like 
is it toxic waste or scientists doing this or electricity? <laughs> like they, I, it is interesting that that because it it does seem like Ken mentioned with the the rural areas because it seems like that was a big thing kind of like in the sixties and seventies with these like backwater places where it was kind of quote unquote uncivilized. And that's where you would always run into danger. And then like the eighties and kind of like early nineties, it was like toxic, toxic sludge and nuclear waste and stuff was what did it yeah. is what mutated things. Yeah. And I think that in the eighties and nineties, you had a lot of, of these movies shifting to more urban environments as well, going along with the toxic sludge aspect but yeah because it was always, it was always a cover-up because it was always like years ago they didn't you know they didn't know where to put their nuclear waste so they dumped it here and everyone just kept it a yeah, yeah yeah the the politics of these movies are actually kind of fascinating now that i think about it because they're all kind of scared of rural environments which would seem kind of like this sort of uh like stereotype of like snobbish pro-urban ideologies but at the same time they're also insanely distrustful of like science and yeah, secret it, projects it seems like it's a bit of a contradiction who did these movies vote for <laughs> that's what did, we need to figure out did these movies swing the election for trump because i'm not about that <laughs> <laughs> so the deadly bees feels a lot like the birds to me that it, it yeah, it, definitely. yeah a little bit it definitely has that hitchcock uh vibe of course not done quite as well uh it it, it feels like a low rent hitchcock but i thought that it was fine i didn't have a big problem with this movie it was it felt like a very b movie no pun intended <laughs> the effects work was average at best yeah <laughs> it was rough the, was, that, was yeah. that the delayed reaction to the b movie pun <laughs> <laughs> it was a combo of the two i just morphed them together what did what did you think kevin uh i found it uh, i was a little bit worried going in because looking up the director and it's the guy that did the the day of the trift dids which I just I found to be just a slog, and it being a uh, an English horror movie from the '60s, I was just like, "Oh my god, this is going to be so goddamn prim and proper, and just boring as shit." Which it kind of is a little the, bit. The but bees do drink a lot is, of tea. I was not expecting that. It is. I do enjoy the two guys that, for whatever reason, on this seagull island, these two guys just happen to be competing with each other raising bees for whatever reason i don't know why but apparently these two guys were like we hate each other and we're both gonna make our own honey and have bees and everyone else just kind of has to like deal with these two guys and their feuding rivalry they're, yeah they're the they're bees. big bee energy yeah and one i love that the the singer the pop singer she goes to, they just, he's just like, oh yeah, I remember this guy that I used to be friends with years ago. He owns a place out there. I'll send her there. Like, that seems completely unprofessional <laughs> to me. It's just like, I'm going to call this guy that I haven't talked to in like 20 years and see if he'll take this pop singer 
and she can rest and relax out on Seagull Island. And then I also love it at the end with like the twist and the villain essentially says that he's trying to kill the other guy because he's rude. And that was it, really. <laughs> just because he was rude. Just I do. be nicer. That's the moral of the story. <laughs> if you're not nice, you'll get attacked by the killer bees. Plus, why did he keep writing the the government? Like, I made these bees, guys. Seriously. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to do something with them. <laughs> I'm going to unleash these bees. I'm just warning you. <laughs> These bees are going to get out. Like, I'm telling you now. I love the scene when it was all revealed. Like, oh boy, here's here's the big shocker. <laughs> the, this guy is the one behind it. As if we didn't already know. But then the best part was, so he explains everything. And he's like, all right, let me turn on this little sonic thing to calm the bees first. And he's like, I'm going to pour this on you. And they're going to come after you. And they're going to kill you. And she's just standing there like... All right. <laughs> like, she doesn't try to run well, away or anything. No. Well, remember, right before that, she does. And he's like, where are you going? I'm talking to you. Don't leave. <laughs> Talk about prim and proper. She's I mean, just she casually... is the guest. That would be rude to just go yeah. away. She's just casually waiting to have the killer bee fluid dumped on her. Oh, God. Like, I'm wondering... So... You know, there there is a, a species of bees that, that are known as killer bees, right? It Was this before they were found? Because they just, they keep mentioning them as killer bees, but they're not. Yeah, I, I mean, they were just, they were regular honey yeah. bees. They were just honey bees. I just. So I don't, I guess just that it. it you're, you're overwhelmed with stings. Do I guess. killer bees actually like the actual killer bees? Do they really kill anyone, or is that just a name that people invented? I th- no, they kill I people. think they do. They do kill people. I mean, it's not like they're hunting people to to kill, but I think that if you happen to get yourself caught in a swarm of them, I think that they would kill you. I think their venom uh, is deadly. Well, I wouldn't want to do that then. No, I don't think yeah. it would be a good. It wouldn't be a good idea. The bee effects, uh, <laughs> not great, not great in this. But no. they're amazing. They, yeah, I mean, like there, there was some pretty decent makeup effects going on with the uh, the wife when she gets all stung up and and gets killed. <laughs> that does. That just reminds me. Of, I do love how they also float out the idea of maybe there's a third person with bees <laughs> on the island. <laughs> it's, and I'm just thinking, how big is this fucking island? Like, I've only seen six people. Then apparently up to half of them are breeding deadly bees. It's <laughs> called yeah. Bee Island. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then there's just the poor, the poor pub guy. He's just caught in the middle of it. <laughs> I think it's interesting because if you look at the director, Freddie Francis, I I feel like he's mostly known as a cinematographer. Like he did the cinematography for the elephant man and Cape fear and glory. He did. So he was a pretty big cinematographer, did a bunch of, uh, Lynch stuff as well. Oh, okay. He did Dune. Do you think David Lynch likes the deadly bees? I think that's, 
probably how they they got hooked up because Lynch was such a Deadly Bees fan that, that he was just like, "Hey, dude, I'm making this movie called Elephant Man. I need you on board." I love what you did with those bees <laughs> and that twist, the twist at the end, and how it was so cordial. They, they're so cordial with killing people, you know. And I do, I do love that guy as a villain for whatever reason. It's just because he's so. I mean, he's he's a psychopath and he's killing people, but at the same time, he's really nice about. He's just it. so polite. He's such a polite killer. Yeah, he's still he's he's serving tea. He's you know he still uses his manners. He's st- he's walking people through how he's going to kill them. That way, you're not you don't get panicked. You know, like oh god, I don't know what's going on. I don't know how I'm going to die. He lets you know. He walks you through it. He's he's with you every step of the way. Yeah. Yep. And really, all all you had to do is just not be rude. Be a nice person, and the the bee man won't get you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is all. I guess this is just all stems from the one guy just decided to start his own bees, and I guess he got angry because he was known as the bee man of Seagull Island, and now there's another bee guy. And he's just a fucking enough of this. Yeah, that's my turf. Apparently You're taking my turf. Only be one <laughs> bee guy. You're taking my turf. I'm the bee guy of this island. You come in, think you're all hot, making your own hives. Yeah, and I mean, I, he even wrote. He's published. Like he's a big time bee guy. The other guy wasn't published. He didn't have a book about beekeeping. Hmm. I think we're really getting to the point of this. Yeah, he's just that pissed him off. And he kept telling the government, he's like, hey, he would, you know, that yearly letter, like, hey, guys, really close to the killer bee thing, so just a heads up. And then finally, it gets to the point where he's like, guys, I got these killer bees. I got to do something with them. I'm going to kill someone this year. Just a heads up. I wonder, I wonder if that happened now. So that happens in 2018. The scientist starts sending letters to our government saying, I have killer bees. I want you to, because, because he didn't start off by threatening. He started off by saying, I've developed these killer bees. And I guess he wanted to weaponize them. He wanted to like sell them to the government or whatever. And what would we do as, what would the current U.S. government do if they got a letter from a guy saying he had, he weaponized bees and wants to use them. Would we investigate it or would we ignore him? We would raid his place and then take the bees and kill him. We would just send them straight to Guantanamo. <laughs> yeah, and then we would have weaponized bees. I I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm against uh our our government and the amount of money we spend on defense and stuff like that, but I I would kind of like Trump to announce that we now have deadly we have, killer bees we have in our the, arsenal. We have weaponized bee technology. <laughs> I would love to see that press conference. Because that I think that um, I think that would just end with everyone dying from uh, bees. Definitely. Like he would he would uh He sends out send, a tweet. He like would send out later. a bee warning through the uh emergency alert system so everybody would get the text. He would send out the bee warning and then we would all die from the bees. It would be like that uh, that one Black Mirror episode about like the robot bees. Did you see that one? Yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah, it would be that. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. 
All right, that's the Deadly Bees. Let's give this thing a score. Ken, what are you going to give it out of 10? A six, I think, a five and a half, a six. We'll go six. I'm feeling I'm feeling generous today. I don't want to be mean or else I'll get the bees thrown at me. And a lot of that is for the uh, screensaver superimposed bees, which were really fascinating to me. Those were great. That's my favorite part. I think about it a lot. Kevin, what are you going to give it out of 10? I'll give it a six as well. I'm sitting at a five and a half on this one. That's The Deadly Bees from 1966. Let's move on and talk about Squirm. This is this came out 10, 10 years later, 1976. Uh, I have a synopsis here. A storm causes some power lines to break and touch the ground, drawing, <laughs> drawing millions of man-eating worms out of the earth and into town where they quickly start munching on the locals this is directed written and directed by jeff lieberman kevin we'll start it with you squirm (laughs) what'd you think of it oh squirm is actually pretty great i was i was pleasantly surprised by this one because you know it starts off ridiculous and i mean you know that going in that's one of the reasons i i picked this movie is because it's it's just so stupid to have, you know, you have creature features where it actually makes sense. Like, bees make sense. Like, getting stung by a shit ton of bees is, that's terrible. And people have died from that. Like, that that's a yeah. real concern for people. Yeah, and you know, like, snakes or whatever you want to do. Like, all that stuff makes sense. But to find the really ridiculous ones, like earthworms, and try and make earthworms work. Is some of these oh, seemed like boy. self-imposed challenges. It is because it's great in the sense of like how do you get overtaken by worms? I feel like you could avoid worms pretty easily. Now this movie did a good job of kind of making me question that because there's a couple of situations where I was like, oh, you know what? Maybe I would get overpowered by worms because I wasn't playing on worms eating through a tree. And having that tree come down and destroy your house. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then being able to get inside your house. Like, these these are pretty smart worms. I was not expecting that. I guess something with the electricity. The intelligence of the worms in this movie is unparalleled. But, I mean, the the effects work were pretty damn good. It's just a a lot more worms than I was expecting. Too many worms. There are a lot of worms. They they like flood out a house <laughs> with worms, dude. There was that one. It's insane. Yeah, there was that one scene when she opens the door, and you only get to see it for a split second, but it is an avalanche of worms. Yeah, like the whole first floor, like when he throws Roger into the sea of worms. I mean, that was almost halfway up the stairs. I think they use spaghetti for a lot of that. There, there are sev- there, well, there, yeah, there are yeah. several scenes. Where I was like, that they don't even look like fake worms. They just look like spaghetti. Like, they literally just used <laughs> piles of spaghetti in this movie. But they did use a lot of worms, too. Like, real worms. They, there's no doubt about yeah. it. There were a lot of actual worms being used in this. You may remember this was actually an MST3K episode. That's where okay. I, I saw... It seems like a pretty good MST3K candidate. Yeah. The first... I, I actually saw that episode, and I sort of forgot about it until re-watching it for this. It's a, it's a pretty bad movie, but it is a lot of fun. 
some of the some of the things that happen in this movie okay so it's about this the city slicker this this hot shot new york guy (laughs) who who comes in to hang out with his girlfriend i guess it's his girlfriend i mean how do they know each other do they establish that they met each other somewhere i don't know if it was like an antique thing because he's down to check out antiques man i was so excited when i saw that the that the lead actor is played by uh donald scardino who is the who is not a terribly prolific actor but he is like uh an insanely well-regarded like tv director he has so many emmys he directed like half of all episodes of 30 rock and i was so excited to see that his beginning in the industry was squirm yeah he also directed two broke girls so there's that as well remember when (laughs) two two broke girls there was this this running gag that we had on the podcast i don't know if you remember kevin where we said that every every movie we talk about every episode can be traced back to two broke girls somehow (laughs) (laughs) well yeah because he directed uh, the incredible burt wonderstone yep and we did have ryan watch that so he comes down from New York, he's hanging out with his girlfriend, and they find a dead body. They find a skeleton <laughs> on, the, on, this, does. on this property, and they're like, oh, wow, it's a skeleton. The first thing he does is touches it, which is, I think, <laughs> which is really funny. He just <laughs> touches this, the skeleton, and they tell the, the sheriff, and the sheriff's just like, yeah, whatever, like, get out of here. Get out of here, you New York boy. And they don't seem to be concerned that they're that they found this dead body. And then they uh, they go and the, the dead body's gone, of course. And I'm not sure the worms, I guess, transported the, the skeleton. Is that what happened? No. If because it, it's even weirder than that, Adam. If you may remember, Roger had himself a little surprise for his girl that he's sweet on. And that surprise was the skeleton. He found that skeleton too. Well, I guess while they were going telling the sheriff about it, he decided this skeleton that I just found is perfect to win over this girl that I'm in love oh, with. It's... So he takes it and puts it in his worm farm truck to surprise her with later, thinking that that's he's gonna he's gonna overcome the New York City slicker antique dealer with a, a corpse <laughs> for some okay. reason. Yeah, I remember the one in the truck. I just didn't. I didn't remember if Roger moved it there. I, I do like that they said that there was one line where they said you can get top dollar for that skeleton. <laughs> like, like this is like they're not concerned with the finding a skeleton. They're more concerned with what are you going to do with the skeleton? Are we going to sell it? Like that one guy. That one guy will pay. That one guy will pay you a good a good sum for that skeleton. Check you the rates in the skeleton uh, trading uh, <laughs> industry index. Yeah, I, hey, apparently in the seventies in Georgia, you can get top dollar for a, a fresh skeleton too. I think that's a key thing. Is a fresh skeleton? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the skeleton trade in seventies Georgia is actually what uh, Ronald Reagan used against Jimmy Carter to defeat him in the nineteen eighty presidential election. <laughs> See, there you go. Don't look that up. I, it's true. So things keep ha- escalating here. The worms start 
attacking people. They eventually attack Roger in maybe the best scene <laughs> of the movie when they're going up into his face. And somehow, like, do, do the worms make him crazy? Do they, do they eat his brain? What happens? What happens to Roger after the worms get him? Man, Roger's got a lot of stuff going on, right? He's got the stress of his dad because his dad's an asshole. He lost those hundreds of thousands of worms. He's trying to get the girl. It's not working out. You got the city slicker antique guy coming down, wooing her off her feet. He had a skeleton to give her, which would have sealed the deal. He would have been home <laughs> free. So <laughs> that goes wrong. Now he's contending with worms eating his face and his brain. Like, I think at a certain point, he just gets pissed. He's pissed off because he's, he's worm face now. <laughs> he knows it. Everyone knows it. <laughs> He's got to be worm faced for the he rest just has of his to life. Live with it. And he's just, he's fucking fed up. He doesn't try to remove the worms from his face. He just, he accepts it at that point. He just, he's like, you know yeah. what? I'm worm faced now. <laughs> this is, this is it for me. I'm now worm face. So then he sort of turns homicidal and pushes the, the city slicker Mick into a, <laughs> What I could only describe as a two-foot pit. <laughs> and he acts like he's trapped in this pit. Which is hilarious because they eventually show him getting out of the pit. And he just walks. He just walks. And it's two steps. He just walks up, up this thing. <laughs> but he not only he gets pushed down in there. He gets that piece of particle board thrown on top of him. Which for some reason knocks him out. Yeah. Cold. Oh, yeah. He's, he's and out. And then Roger throws two sticks at him that don't hit him they hit the board <laughs> yes oh god and then when he wakes up he's like oh my god i gotta I got get out of this pit so he takes off his shirt and lights it on fire <laughs> and then just and then just casually walks out of the pit there are so many fire-based solutions in these movies that's how you take care of the, the uh the creatures insects don't like they fire. do not Bug, natural enemy. Bugs and gross little critters don't like fire. It's their, no, it's their natural predator. I noticed that this movie was rated PG, and clearly this was before PG thirteen was a thing. But even even so, there was there's several scenes of full on breasts in this, and or at least mm -hmm. one that I can think of. And I'm still ready PG, and I was like, I was a little surprised with that. And and also, there's, it gets pretty, pretty. I don't know if gory is the word, but pretty gross. There's like the scene when they found Roger's dad, and they lift the shirt, and he's there's just filled with worms. Oh, yeah. it's just whole body is just filled with worms. I think that was another thing that I loved about these worms is how fast they moved. Like they clean that. That's the the original skeleton that they find was picked completely clean. Yeah, pure white. There's nothing on it. Pure white. It was almost like they just bought it right out of a science catalog. Is that where is that where the skeletons and science catalogs come from? Is that they put the worms on them to clean them up? Well, I know they they do actually use insects. I don't think it's worms, but they do use insects to clean off bones. In, in real that would be great if they found that out 
from Squirm coming <laughs> out is that there was one scientist that watched Squirm back in the 70s and it was like, hey, you know what? <laughs> that might work. That might just work. <laughs> and that's how we clean, <laughs> clean skeletons today. <laughs> I like the scene too. So there's once the worms really start to come out of the woodwork, there's a scene in the shower. Of course, you have to have a shower scene with these with these bug movies. You got to Where clean. she she turns on the water, she tries to turn on the water and the worms are like oozing out of the shower faucet, uh, the shower head. First of all, I think it's interesting that she has a shower head that has wide enough holes that worms can come through, like big worms. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was I was thinking like the prop department, did they have to make that shower head custom because i don't think that exists i don't think it does either and not only that but when she turns the water off it sucks the worms back (laughs) up in. (laughs) like how does that work that's not how plumbing (laughs) yeah maybe fly creek georgia maybe i think they made a mistake with titling this i think it should have been called wormageddon (laughs) Have a Aerosmith song at the end. <laughs> uh, that sounds like a funny video. We should do that. Do you have the Do you have the audio of Roger? You ain't got no good way, go boy. Deal uh, mine. Do you all want mine? And now you're coming down here and you spoil everything. You're gonna be spoiled. You gonna be the worm face. You gonna be the worm face. I also love the decision to make the worm scream. I thought that was yeah. I couldn't. That was an odd choice. I couldn't tell if that was for us, for the audience, to to make it more scary or shocking, or if they actually heard that. Like if the characters heard that. Yeah, I'm not really sure. Again, I was not expecting there to be this many worms, first off. Um, Second, the intelligence of the worms surprised me. Uh, And then the screaming, the fact that they would scream. I thought that that was a bit odd. This whole movie was just a surprise to me. (laughs) Caught me off guard. I also love the end when they're in the tree... The couple is in the tree <laughs> and just this guy wakes him up and he's like, hey, I fixed all the electricity. <laughs> it's, it's fixed. Like this electrician, why would he go to a random half naked couple in a tree and tell them that? Why would Maybe he he's just them? telling everybody. <laughs> he's just he's just making the rounds, man. He's just like, hey, fix your electricity. But I also love that he didn't question that no. at all. He wasn't like, hey, why are you guys up in this tree? An, Is there something going on? Just a normal thing going on. Wouldn't the worms still be there when the guy came to fix the electricity? I feel like... No, the light, man. The light. You can't... That was the... That's how they were able to to overcome the worms. Because the worms didn't like the light. Yeah. Remember when he, you know, he did his... He had his, his shirt on fire and he was spreading the, the worms like Moses... And he's just walking through. Yeah, but I don't know. It still doesn't doesn't add up to me. It's a movie about fucking earthworms, dude. Like nothing adds up. Uh. <laughs> what fucking twenty year old 
from New York is going to travel to Georgia. Like, there's no 20-year-old from New York that's that interested in antiques. And he loves his egg cream, too. <laughs> there's so much poured love, into that scene. <laughs> yeah, I love the egg cream scene. And I love that that just, like, immediately just negated everything. That, like, they could never go to the sheriff because the sheriff just fucking yeah, hated that guy because of the that, egg cream stuff. That was the catalyst right there. He found a worm in his egg cream, and it spilled. And from that point on, everyone in the town hated him <laughs> and shunned him. I have anxiety. Like, that is what my brain thinks will happen all of the time in every setting. That's just oh, what me- it is. Oh, yeah, me too. <laughs> I just assume that every time I walk into a room, everyone instantly hates me. Oh, yeah, me too. I it just is- think it's funny like that that was... That was the thing that just set set everybody off. Like, isn't that the guy? Isn't that the guy that's that <laughs> spilled the fucking, egg cream? I fucking hate that guy. Fucking, yeah, the mere this fucking guy. The mere suggestion oh, making that shit up. that that single moment could cause an entire uh, community to permanently turn against you was more terrifying to me than anything <laughs> the, involving the worms. these stupid worms. <laughs> I do, and also you know that they that he just they immediately went to that. They're just like, this motherfucker coming in here, this city slicker, and pulling a stunt with putting a worm in his own egg cream. <laughs> yeah. like, like, what are you trying to, you what are you trying to do here, man? I never, we, we never had any worms in our drinks. You're putting worms in your drink? Tough guy. Oh, it's so amazing. Like that, that's what he does. He, he, he travels around. Is, is that he, what this is? He keeps a worm in his pocket. Just for this situation. Is that just, what this movie thinks that rural people think about urban people? They just go that. around to put worms in drinks? <laughs> yeah, man. They're just causing trouble. Yeah. They would just... If he would have never came, they would have had no issues with these worms. But he had to show up. Oh, man. All right, Kevin. What are you going to give Squirm out of 10? Uh, you can't rate this. <laughs> I mean... It's from like a... I would say like a, a six. I'll, I'll compromise with a six. Now, like personal enjoyment, it's like a nine. <laughs> this thing was great. Fucking loved it. Yeah, for me, I think I'm probably going to be at, at a six as well. I enjoyed it a lot more than Deadly Bees. It's just, just, it's a bad movie, but oh, it's just yeah. so much fun. And it's, I was laughing throughout this whole thing. So. I'm at like a six or six and a half for this one. Ken, what about you? I think I'll give it a five and a half. I mean, there's certainly more singularly entertainment moments than there are in uh, The Deadly Bees. But also, I don't remember a single thing about this movie except the egg cream scene. <laughs> well, it was, what? It was... it was like at the very beginning. I know. I don't remember anything about this movie. It like... <laughs> were you... Were you... Are you, now tell me, were you like the rest of that community where you just writ this thing off because like right off the bat you're like this motherfucker and his egg? Yeah, cream. that was very. That was yeah. No, not about that. You wrote him off because of the egg cream incident. <laughs> like this was the movie that somehow like made the least impact on me, except for the egg cream <laughs> scene and the worms coming through the weirdly uh, calibrated shower head. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, that's Squirm. Let's 
let's move on and talk about some other slimy creatures with slugs from 1988. I have a synopsis here. Killer slugs on the rampage in a rural community. <laughs> Again. <laughs> yep. <laughs> now, I got to say, this didn't feel like a rural community, though. Like this, this felt like the suburbs. Yeah, I think so. It felt like the burbs to me. This is directed by J.P. Simon. I, I guess I'll start this one off. I really enjoyed Slugs. I had a, I had a blast with Slugs. First of all, the the gore effects in this one. This is probably, probably the goriest of the four movies. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. by some the, margin. And. I thought that the effects work was really good. I mean, the the slugs were so creepy. Like slugs creep me out to begin with more than mm-hmm. worms. I think slugs are creepier than worms. They they just they slink around. They leave their like trail of slime everywhere they go, and they got the little antennas, and they're just gross, man. Slugs are gross, and like worms, I wondered how. A town could be terrorized by these slugs. Well, thankfully, slugs has the answer because they they fuck up this town big time. Yeah, it's <laughs> it somewhat disrupts the day to day rhythms. I would say, Kevin, I, I gathered that you were a pretty big fan of this movie. A pretty big fan? Are you kidding me? This is a goddamn masterpiece. I fucking love slugs. This movie was incredible. Yeah, I remember how much, how excited you were, like, in the Slack, and even on Twitter, just talking about how there are people in this movie that explode because there are too many slugs. (laughs) Yeah. They (laughs) They just explode. I mean, Yeah, no, it was incredible. Going going into Slugs from 1988, were you expecting, did you think to yourself at the beginning of Slugs, you're like, you know what, I bet you any money. That slugs somehow get inside someone and then they explode from the inside. No, that was uh, a surprising moment and one that I will cherish for a very long time. Yeah, same here. It was it was just, oh, chef's kiss. The, the, yeah, there are... These slugs make a lot of interest, interesting choices. I, I, I'm wondering, like, why they like to, to go inside of people and, and burst out. I guess they're eating people from the outside... From the inside out, but yeah, it's it's wild because again, it's kind of like Squirm, where the first guy that gets taken down, like these slugs, slugs are slow. That was another thing that interests me in watching this movie is like, how do you get, like, how do you get overcome by slugs? They're fucking slow as shit. Like how? Well, a lot of the people in this movie make a lot of really poor decisions, and I feel like. There's a lot of sequences that occur where you could have gotten out of that situation and you just, you didn't for whatever reason. Now there, there's a, like no. there's one scene where uh, a couple is, the, he, this guy's in his greenhouse and the slugs attack him while he's working on his, his plants. And I guess the slug goes inside of his hand and he chops off his own arm and then through a series of horrible events their whole <laughs> greenhouse explodes <laughs> and killing them instantly like that i can kind of understand because he gets trapped under the shelf and the slugs are eating him so i can kind of understand that that scene I, I just love how it ends with like the entire greenhouse exploding yeah 
I mean, it's just full on is obliterated. Well, that's another thing, too. There's a lot more explosions in this movie than I thought there was going to be. Oh, yeah, definitely. They blow They, I mean, they pretty much blow up the entire town. Yeah. Yep. The there's other scenes that happen, though, where I'm just like, why? What? Like, you couldn't get out of that? Like the scene at the very beginning with the guy in the lake. Like, <laughs> how did they get him? I, I mean, I guess they were floating in the water and they just... They, they just pulled him down. Somehow man. pulled him down. Which is another thing, like these slugs are so strong. And I don't understand the physics behind how these slugs can can do this because there's a scene where this guy goes down into the sewer and he's trying to figure out what's going on in the sewer, and he like sticks this like crowbar thing in in the pipe, and the slugs like grab the the crowbar and like rip it out of his hand and like how does that work? How do these slugs, are they so strong that they can like grab someone and pull them, pull their arm into a pipe See, like that? Now, this is the beauty of utilizing toxic waste or nuclear waste as your, as your, essentially your catalyst, right? For making mutant things is there's no, there's nothing to it. You can do whatever you want. No one can question it because no one's like, man, I, Okay, I've seen slugs covered in toxic waste, and that doesn't happen. No, no one's ever seen it. Yeah. So you can do anything you want. You, I guess you do have free reign to fully utilize what these slugs are, can do. You can just do whatever. Although that... I, I, they do so I much. I feel like it still doesn't excuse it. what happens to some people. Like the couple that are having sex, and... They, <laughs> that was just they like what what they didn't look on the floor. What is going on with this couple? How are they not able to get out of that situation? Like they're they're in the bed. The, the it's slimy, the dude. Sl- Slippery. The slug bites the guy. The girl ends up on the floor, and I love how they did the slugs on the floor. They just they had a big black trash bag, and they just lined the floor with the black trash bag. I don't know if you I don't know if you noticed that when she falls on the floor. It's just a yes. black trash bag on the floor. And she's getting eaten, but it's so slow. Like I mean, if it's so slimy that you can't stand up and run away, then just crawl away or something. She just lays <laughs> she just lays there and lets the slugs eat her whole body. And meanwhile, the the douchebag boyfriend guy is just he doesn't know what to do. He's just stuck <laughs> on the bed. I love that he does try to make the escape out the window because it, it pretty early on in this entire situation, he was like, you know what? I'm sorry, but you're going to die yeah. and I'm going to try my best to get out of this. <laughs> like as, as, soon as, she, as <laughs> soon as she falls on the floor, he's out. He's like, no. <laughs> sorry. And his just his terrible, terrible attempt, like the window's right there. Like it's not that far from no, the bed. You could reach it. <laughs> he just slow, he just slowly stretches out and then just slowly slinks to the floor. <laughs> he had a lot of chances to try something else. <laughs> he could have done so much. Throw the mattress on the floor and just walk across the mattress. Come on. One of my favorite scenes was it was not a slug scene. I love the slug scenes. But there was just this little like 30 seconds scene of these two dudes playing football in the front yard. And it looked so forced <laughs> and awkward. 
that I absolutely loved watching these two guys throw football. <laughs> well, and I love what comes after that is what it, that's him trying to talk his sanitation buddy into, you know, we got to kill these slugs. I have a great idea. And I love when that guy's like, okay, we're going to do it. And he's talking to his wife. <laughs> yeah. And he just tells her, it's like, when I get back, let's get naked and let's get crazy. <laughs> yeah. And you knew in that instance that he's not coming back. He's never going to get naked. <laughs> or crazy. And he's never going to get <laughs> crazy with his wife again. It's not going to Their relationship was so awkward. It seemed like it wasn't his wife, that it was like his mom or something. <laughs> the way that they talked was very strange. It was very, it was very bizarre. Very bizarre. But I think my outside of the great effects and the the stuff with the slugs, which completely surprising to have this many people explode, this much blood. You have like blood geysers in the sewer, explosions, all this stuff. But my favorite thing about it is you have the guy that early on the main character figures out the slug thing, and he's like, "I have a theory. I think I know it's crazy, but I think it's these slugs." And every single person is like, you're fucking nuts, dude. Are you kidding me? And then once his buddy, the sanitation guy, is like, hey, I think it might be the slugs. I love how he then attacks his friend. And he's like, you're an idiot. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. And I was like, you're the guy that came up with it. Yeah. Like, you finally have someone that's on your side. And now you're calling all them crazy. And this is after they saw the slugs, too. Like, the giant ones in the front yard. Like, there's a problem here with these it slugs. It bit him. Yeah. There's, slugs don't there's bite. a big problem with these slugs. There's something wrong with them. Yeah, that's not your average, like, you don't run across those types of slugs. I thought the slugs looked really cool, too. Like, I, I genuinely thought that the effects work was, was good in this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was incredible, I thought. And they, they use a lot of real slugs. Like, it, it was pretty gross. There were dozens of pounds of slugs used in this movie yes i like at the end credits if you watch the end credits it uh under the uh special thanks section it thanks a town in spain this was a spanish co-production which before i get to what i was going to i want to bring up another point about a lot of the dubbing in this movie oh yeah well, the explanation is that most of the actors in this film are Spanish actors who were probably reading their lines phonetically yeah, and yeah. then dubbed over. But at the end credits, it credits a town. It thanks a town. And then it says, live slugs provided by the town of whatever it was. <laughs> and I just think that's a great credit. That is, like, in terms of great credits I've seen lately, that's second only to, like, the 1976 Star is Born's uh, Miss Streisand's costumes provided by her closet. <laughs> I do. So the, the, the whole town got together and provided Guys, we got to get some slugs for this movie. I like the, I like the idea of thinking about a slug town. Like this is like, that, that's what that <laughs> town is known for is their slugs. And this, and this was their moment mm -hmm. to shine. They were like, finally, someone's making a movie about slugs. We can finally do something with all these goddamn <laughs> slugs that we have. <laughs> they need some slugs. We have so many slugs in this town. We're just brimming with slugs everywhere. Let's just gather them up and give them to these people. 
Maybe, maybe, maybe that was the impetus for the movie. Like, they were just like, we have so many slugs here, we have to do something about them. And it's like, why don't we make a movie about slugs? Yeah. Murder an entire Mm -hmm. town. Uh, I also appreciate the, 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 the stuff that they concocted to kill the slugs. So they, if I remember correctly, it was arsenic, right? It was some sort of. I think it was like that and uh, was it? Lithium. No, it wasn't lithium and arsenic. Either way, the together? arsenic is the the thing. So the slugs are in like the town's water supply, and they're going to be dumping deadly arsenic in the water supply to kill all the slugs. And it's just, it seems a little <laughs> counterintuitive to me to be poisoning the whole town to get rid of the slugs. Well, I mean, everyone at that point was pretty much dead. They the slugs have eaten. That's Definitely. true. It was pretty much a lost cause by that point anyway. <laughs> just just burn the whole town down. Everyone's got to move. Just raise this town. But I'd also, again, the guy that saves the day and who they take the slugs to is the goddamn chemistry teacher at the high school. Now, I don't know, Ken, I don't know what high school you went to, <laughs> but could you imagine if, <laughs> if they have a slug infestation in Dallas Town? And they're like, we're going to take it to the chemistry teacher at Dowstown Area High School. Like, we'd all be fucking dead. The chemistry teacher doesn't know shit. The year I, the year I to took chemistry slugs. in high school, I, I did like my teacher, but it was also the year that he retired. So if they went to him, he would not have cared less. Yeah. I think our, I, I think we had a decent chemistry teacher in our school, to be fair. But uh, I don't think our chemistry teacher would care to do this. They'd be like, nah, I'm off. Like... No, well, and also I just don't think that they would they would find out they would figure everything out. Oh, absolutely not. And it seemed like he was just always at the school, like he never went home. He's just always doing experiments. Like he's not your teacher, dude. You're not like a real chemist. <laughs> I, just maybe this home. is a movie. Maybe this is also a movie written by people like little kids who have not yet learned that teachers go home after school. <laughs> <laughs> they just live there. Yeah, yeah. They're not human. And I also want to know, like, what, how is this chemistry teacher at this high school getting his hands on this much arsenic? Right, yeah. Like, that should have raised some red flags. Yeah. You're, you're, you're a high school chemistry teacher. You're ordering, like, <laughs> a ton of arsenic. Yeah, in terms of things going on under the radar, this was apparently set at the high school from Heather's. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it was, like, some posh charter school or something and that's that's how he had access to these things and had so much knowledge man this movie's great it really is yeah i love you slugs all right let's uh give slugs a score ken what are you gonna give slugs this is a seven and a half this is an experience um i'm sitting at a seven and a half on this one as well kevin what are you gonna give it Mm, i give it a nine nice nine out of ten love this goddamn have you ever stepped on a slug like barefoot, Ooh, I've tried barefoot? not to. No. Okay, it's awful. I've seen, I've seen really big slugs like in the wild, like giant, horrific, scary slugs. I have seen those. Yeah, in Pennsylvania, they're they're really big slugs. There's regular sized slugs, but then there's like some that are huge. You get some big daddies, yeah. huge. And if you happen to just like run outside when it's nighttime barefoot just to like i don't know like grab the mail or something 
just end up inadvertently stepping on a slug. Oh, God. And then you <clears throat> you got like an hour of your night is just trying to clean your foot. Oh, God. That, that does not sound pleasant. <laughs> no. <laughs> how, I, I mean, they, ne- they never got inside me, though. It made me explode. So how often comparatively has speaking, this, it's not how that often bad. has this happened to you? Yeah, it's, it's like, <laughs> no, I th- I think this has only happened twice. It happened when I was a little kid, and then it happened like a couple years ago. Oh, okay, I was gonna say, is this like a regular occurrence for you? <laughs> yeah, I'm just you're overwhelmed just, with like, slugs. Was was watching them <laughs> bl- uh, blow up the slugs at the end a cathartic experience for your regular <laughs> nemesis? Finally, it did, it, it did feel good. <laughs> it did feel good. There was also the, the that one kid that had the mullet that, for whatever reason, attempted to rape someone at the end of the movie, which felt really weird and out of place. But when they introduced that guy, it was like me just getting really excited. And I was like, God damn, I hope this slugs eat that motherfucker. <laughs> and, but they don't. I was disappointed. Yeah. All right. That's slugs. Definitely worth a look. I believe Arrow has a a version of slugs out. So if you can get your hands on the arrow version, I'm sure that that's the best way to see slugs. Let's move on to our final movie this week. We're talking about ticks from 1993. I have a synopsis here. A group of troubled teenagers are led by social workers on a California wilderness retreat, not knowing that the woods they are camping in have become infested by mutated blood sucking ticks. This is directed by Tony Randall. Uh, Kevin, what do you think about ticks? Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, again, when it comes to insects, I hate ticks so much. I don't know what it is about me personally, but ticks like me. And I've, over the years, have removed a number of ticks from myself. Same. Uh, Which is, it's terrifying. It's just, there's so much anxiety in that whole that whole thing, that whole experience that you go through. I also have the experience of having found a tick on my testicles. Oh, so that oh was my hope. God. <laughs> that's not good. No. No, that's awful. It could, If you can imagine a worse place for a tick to be, I don't think you can. Like, so I hate ticks. Yeah, there, you're having, there are so many creatures all over your body this is a little concerning what we're learning tonight (laughs) where are you living dude you living in like a barn you living in a barn out in the middle of lancaster county you're living you're living in the loganville barn that's what i'm out i'm out in i'm out in the woods man well live inside of a tree (laughs) you live in a tree (laughs) <laughs> damn it you guys figured it out yeah there's uh where we where we grew up there were a lot of creatures a lot of ticks, there, there were a lot of ticks a lot of yeah ticks. i mean i grew up there were like during the summers i would go out and play and when i would come back in the evening my parents would like check yeah. check me for ticks every every mm-hmm. night like they would you know put the lamp over my head and like check for That's ticks. Yeah, and that was like it was like a half hour thing. Yeah, and I would frequently have ticks in my in my hair and attached Which to my is, scalp. It's, it's great when you're a little kid because there's that person that's like, you know, your parents are like checking your head and they pick the ticks off and you're like, oh man, this is not that bad. But then when you get an adult and you're like, oh man, I'm the one that has to do this now. Yeah. Like there's no one like there's not a service where like I can go somewhere and be like, 
Hey, can you check my head for tick check, please? <laughs> yeah, maybe, and maybe that's maybe that's our new business pursuit now. And we don't. We'd also have to check all, all of our dogs for ticks. And then sometimes, like you would miss one, and it would get huge. Oh, it would it would get huge and bloated, and then fall off, and you would like see it on the floor. Oh man! And you and you and like this movie, you had to burn them. You had to burn them. Yeah, that's the only way to you can't you can't smash. You can flush them down the toilet too. You can try, but then the slugs will come back up. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> and the worms will come through the your giant shower head. Yeah, because I did this year. I had one, picked it off, threw it in the sink, washed it down like a lot. I ran the water for a long time. First thing in the morning, go to get ready to work, and there's a tick in my sink. It came back it up, crawled the whole way up. It, yeah, it just it hung on, fucking cliffhanger, and then just walked the whole way back up, and just came out. I'm learning so many. You're telling so many terrifying stories today, Kevin. So with that in mind, what this movie is is a piece of shit <laughs> because ticks ticks are a lot worse than like this movie was just fucking dumb and it wasn't entertaining. I didn't find it entertaining. That was just stupid. I think that it would have been. It. I actually think it would have been more effective if instead of a few giant ticks. It would would have been like millions and millions of smaller ticks. You know what I mean? Like probably just, just yeah. waves of the little ticks. I think that that would have been way more effective because then they could be like coming through, you know, underneath the doors and through the sink and your giant shower heads and everything. And it would have been like uh, it would have been more like arachnophobia. Yeah. Which, by the way, ticks are arachnids. Not insects, oh. we know that, but they have eight legs. Yeah, you have this uh, this group of city city kids, troubled youths that are heading out into the <laughs> heading out into the wilderness for a retreat, and man, some giant ticks come out after them, and it it's it gets pretty ridiculous. This is so dumb. The, is it like the ticks keep getting bigger? Like by the end, it's like a giant tick. It's like a super tick. The last thing they have to defeat is like a tick that could headline its own movie. Yeah, they get pro- well, progressively it's bigger. A, yeah, attack yeah. of the fifteen foot tick. It, it that's it, it, no longer threatening. It's just more bizarre. Yeah, because it's a Carlton-sized tick. Yeah, because it, it, yeah, it incubates inside of Carlton, who <laughs> I, I think is really funny that that he is in this movie, Alfonso Ribeiro, and he plays like a bad kid. Like he's, they introduce him in the first scene of the movie, and he's got his backwards cap on, his sunglasses, and he's sort of bullying Seth Green's character. He's got Zumba's on too. It is. He's got a switchblade. Yeah, the switchblade. It is the most like '90s introduction of a character. Yeah, and and you just right off the bat, I don't even know if you necessarily, even if you didn't see Fresh Prince of Bel Air, I just don't know if you would be buying him as this Daryl Panic Lumley. And they call him Panic because he never does. <laughs> <laughs> that is that is, that line was a choice. The decisions were made. Yeah, and then if, and then as I mentioned, Seth Green is Tyler, who's this 
kid who I guess is afraid of everything and has panic attacks and stuff. Not really sure what he's all about. It was just such a, such a shady operation because the two people running it, the two adults, they don't seem, they didn't, they didn't seem organized. Number one, number two, they didn't seem outdoorsy. Like they knew what they were doing in the, like, why would you go to the outdoors? If you didn't know what you're doing. Yeah. Like it just, it it all felt very strange. And and the cabin that they rent is like not ready for that. Like it's, it's all messed up and there's like a giant tick egg sack thing inside of it. Like, wouldn't, wouldn't you prepare this cabin for their arrival beforehand? No, because I've got to learn how to live in the wilderness or something. It just doesn't make sense to me. Kevin, I don't know yeah. I don't know if you remember there there are actual programs like this. I don't know if you remember back in I want to say 96 I think it was 96 the summer uh and we my family actually signed up for a program like this. It was called Fresh Air Kids. Okay. And we had this kid from the Bronx living with us for the summer. I don't know if you remember that, Kevin. I don't know if we were hanging out during that time, but he was. I don't think I. I know that that is something that happens around here a lot. Is that you know like to bring city kids out to you know Amish country because there's always like little signs that people have up like, "Hey, do you want to sponsor a a city kid?" Yeah, which just feels really weird to (laughs) me. We like there's a guy at my work that does it too, and it's just like. Yes. Like you're renting a kid for a summer or something? Like, why would you want to do that? Yeah, so we did it, and it was just a sh- oh, it was so bad, dude. It was such a nightmare. This kid was such a little shit. I mean, it was, <laughs> it was so... I was, I was 12, I think, and this kid, would they... I think my family requested, like, a, a younger kid, like, four or five years old, like a, like a really young kid. And this kid was like eight, he was like eight or nine. And he was just, oh man, it was just a disaster. The whole summer was ruined because of this kid. Was he, was (laughs) it like the whole summer? It was, um, yeah, pretty much. It was a while. It's just a weird, it's a weird thing to do. Like, I don't know why it's a thing. What, what if to, so the universe can restore the balance, the, the balance. What if, because you live in New York now, what if he lives out in the, in like some rural area now? What if, th- what if that's just how it works? What if uh, when you enter this program, it's like, uh, some kind of law that binds you for your, for life. I don't know. Could be. You probably work with them now. <laughs> uh, something tells me I doubt that. But it just, for some reason, ticks reminded me of it, it. Gave me horrible flashbacks of that time as a youth for me. Well, I do remember, like there was a summer that my mom signed us, me and my brother, up for this like baseball camp, which was it was really like at the time it was awesome, but like looking back on it as like an adult, it was like, man, how did this happen? It was just like two like 20-year-olds that we all got dropped off at Bob Huffman Stadium. And it was these two 20-year-old guys that played baseball. And it was just a bunch of kids. And they just watched us all day. 
and like we played baseball at the field and then our parents would come pick us <laughs> up at the end of the day. <laughs> Nice. And it was like, how is that a thing? Why were they in charge of like 15 kids? <laughs> it seems like uh, there was, in the 90s, there was a very loose definition of what constituted a responsible authority figure. Oh, big time. Yes. Big time. <laughs> it was just anybody at least a year older than the people they were supervising. Yeah. And I was, I was part of that. I was in Boy Scouts and when we would have summer camps and stuff when i got older i was in charge of kids and like i was like 12 years old and i'm in charge of kids like are you kidding me (laughs) crazy uh it's i think that there was like a it's like a john mulaney joke about how uh like he found out uh that his uh childhood babysitter when he was eight she was 13 and when he found that out as an adult he was really upset by that (laughs) yeah Yeah, it's like at the time you're like okay this makes total sense Mm -hmm. but then when you figure it out like later you're like holy shit my parents were so irresponsible (laughs) are you kidding me yeah getting back to ticks what did you guys think of the effects work on it the ticks move very fast. Kevin, what do you think about the effects on Ticks? I hated everything about <laughs> Ticks. This is a dumbass movie. It's so stupid. What about Cl- what about Clint Howard with his Native American feather earring? Just, oh my god. <laughs> that and then the other two guys, they're like I don't know. It's just such a mess. It should be mentioned the way that the the reasoning behind these ticks being mutated is because there was a an illegal marijuana farm in the woods and they were using chemicals to beef up the the plant the marijuana plants and that's how the ticks got all mutated and whatever. This this movie is the a propaganda arm of the war on drugs. That must be it, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was kind of messed up. They're attacking marijuana like that. Again, I just feel like it would have been so much better if you can make them a little bit bigger. You don't have to make them actual tick size. You can make them just maybe five times as big as a regular tick and just have millions and millions of them. Yeah, because you got to at least be able to see them, (laughs) you know. So, yeah, you can beef them up a little bit. But, I mean, it gets ridiculous where they take them and they don't really... Like at that, when they're blown up that much, they don't even really look like ticks. No, they don't. They don't look like ticks at all. It, they, they they just look like sort of new creatures created just for the movie. Yeah. And I mean, they're doing the same thing where they're like getting inside you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think like, and there's just egg sacs everywhere. Like they kind of went overboard with the egg sac thing. It just seems like someone was really proud of themselves. Like someone in the prop department was like, man, I fucking killed it with these egg sacs. I'm putting them everywhere. <laughs> Getting as much screen time as possible. Like just like one are meeting. Amazing. And then the guy's like, I made these egg sacs. And the other <laughs> people are like, yeah, they're, they're, they're good, I guess. And it's like, okay, I, I'll make a thousand of them. <laughs> <laughs> so guys, those egg sacs that you made me, that asked me to make, I ended up and made, you know, 37,000 of them. And they're just like fucking Christ! Like, we gotta get our money's worth out of this shit. 
<laughs> I guess we got to hang him up now. And he made him Ugh, egg sacks everywhere. I thought the first one, <laughs> uh, the first one looked good. The one that they found in the cabin when they. But yeah, and then they're just everywhere. Yeah. And they're just like, they're doing that shimmy. They're doing that little jiggle shimmy thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, quivering, quivering. That's all like another subsequent development. Like, guys, around batch 25 of the egg sacks, I made them start to move. <laughs> and I the, stand behind them and jiggle it with the stick. I think it looks great, guys. Get it on the camera. And then they're like, Bob, when's the last time you slept? And it's like, I don't know. <laughs> These egg sacks have been taking up all my time. I don't know. I'm, I'm just the egg sack guy now. <laughs> He's still making eggs. Yeah, he's been making them since '93. He's he, never yeah, it's stopped. like a it's like a small business. It's like uh, artesian egg sacks. You sell them on Etsy. <laughs> Bob's Bob's egg sacks. Bob's egg sack emporium. <laughs> Got all variety of egg sacks. Oh, all right. So that's ticks. Not not very not a very good movie. Ken, what are you going to give Ticks out of 10? Uh, like a four and a half. I'm going to give Ticks a three and a half. Kevin, what are you going to give Ticks? I'm going to give Ticks a two. There you have it. All right, let's talk about some new releases in theaters. This week we got Bohemian Rhapsody. What do you guys think of this one? I mean, I know I'm not into it. I was supposed to go to a screening and I ended up bailing. No, yeah, no. Like, you can just watch clips of actual queen yeah the youtube exists you can watch it all day yeah there you go it is 134 minutes so are you fucking kidding me (laughs) yeah so it's it's a little bit on the lengthy side we also have the nutcracker and the four realms coming out Ooh, yeah not uh not terribly interested in that Uh, nobody's fool comes out this is the the comedy with Tiffany Haddish, eh, this one's not really doing it for me. I like Tiffany Haddish, but this... Me too. It, it doesn't look that funny to me, actually. What's that one about? It's the one where she gets out of prison and is, like, messing up her sister's life. Like, her sister's in line for some big promotion or something, and she comes in and starts messing I with stuff. I vaguely think I've heard of this, but, yeah, that's not really... Whoopi Goldberg plays the mom. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know much about this. It's actually a Tyler Perry movie. I didn't really... Oh. I didn't know that. It's not billed as a Tyler Perry movie. It's his uh, It's his fourth of the year. He usually kind of... I guess he has a little bit of burnout by then. I'm, I'm wondering <laughs> if that was by design. Because, you know, normally mm. with Tyler Perry movies, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's advertised yeah, like our, crazy. And our weekly Tyler Perry release. But uh, I don't know. Maybe he's trying something different with the brand. I mean, I, I've seen a bunch of trailers and stuff for this, too, and it, it doesn't say Tyler Perry anywhere on it. So, interesting. Uh, Boy Erased comes out as well. Not too interested in this. Uh, I am interested in it because the the Troy Sivan song is in it, and that's going to get him, allegedly, the uh, a Best Original Song Oscar nomination is what they're thinking, and I am all about... <laughs> that <laughs> i do like i I like <laughs> lucas hedges joe edgerton mm-hmm. wrote and directed this it's got nicole kidman in it so maybe maybe it's uh worth a look i don't know kevin what do you think uh i have no nothing no 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe at some point I'll watch it. Probably not. Yeah, it's kind of where I'm sitting. Uh, that's those are the big releases in theaters. In limited release, we have Bodied, which is the uh, Joseph Kahn a battle rap movie. I would recommend this. This is this is worth a look. I really, yeah, I'm kind of interested in that. I really enjoyed that. Uh, that's going to be on YouTube Premium also. I don't know if it's going to be at the same time. I think it is, actually. Let's see what else. Prospect comes out. A Private War. The Other Side of the Wind. Possum, which is looks really creepy. It's got a really great poster, and the trailer looks pretty good. It's like some sort of uh, it's like a psychological horror movie. Number 37, Unlovable. The Grief of Others. And... That's pretty much it. There's some other smaller releases. On VOD this week, we got Mario, our new president. Those are both on Tuesday. And then on Friday, we have Welcome to Mercy, Unlovable, Possum, Room for Rent, Monster Party, They'll Love Me When I'm Dead, and that's it for VOD. Kind of a weak lineup for VOD this week. <laughs> our new president is interesting i started watching that and if you're not familiar that's the documentary that covers the 2016 election using only russian propaganda videos yeah i think i've heard about that it's it's kind of a cool idea i only was able to watch about 30 minutes of it before i just had to turn it off it was just i couldn't i couldn't take it anymore mm-hmm. <laughs> there is a i think it's based on there's like a short film that's the same name and i feel like you can get just as much out of it with watching that like 20 minute short film mm-hmm. but it, it's kind of a novel idea nonetheless on blu-ray this week there is a lot of blu-ray stuff coming out this week so we got Arrow releasing 12 Monkeys from 1995. Uh, should have a review for this up on the site by the time you're listening to this. Pretty decent Blu-ray release. We got Mandy. That's the Panos Cosmatos one that I would recommend. Light recommend for me on that one. We got Dragnet from 1987. Shout Factory's putting that out. They're also putting out Valley Girl from 1983. I've never seen Valley Girl. I've, I've been meaning to catch up with that one. Arrow is also putting out Torso from 1973. We should have a review for that up on the site as well. We got Blood Harvest from 1987. De- Death by Temptation from 1990. That's a trauma film with uh, Samuel L. Jackson, if I remember correctly. Can't Hardly Wait from 1998. Getting a new Blu-ray release. Teen Titans Go to the Movies coming out. I've heard it's good. It looks very meta, but not in a good way to me. Hmm. I don't know. I'm, I don't like the animation style. I think that's what it boils down to. I've heard this, it's good. I don't know. I know very little about it. Except I, I heard it was decent as well. But Some people told me they liked it. Uh, the Spy Who Dumped Me comes out. The comedy... With uh, Mila Kunis and um, uh, Kate McKinnon. 2018 is so exhausting that I'm realizing all of these movies coming out on home media now 
are recent releases, but they feel like they came out 11 years ago. Uh, yeah, yeah. Speaking of which, Slenderman comes out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that one Truly feel- from uh, a different era. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Our House comes out. That sounds familiar to me. I feel like I probably saw that movie and just forgot. You probably did. Forgot all about it. Death of a Nation comes out. That's the, the classic uh, oh. documentary. Oh. <laughs> oh, man, that one. I, I sort of want to see that just just for the hell of it. Just like hate watch it. <laughs> there, there's there's already so much. I can't even hate watch anything anymore. It's just, it's it's too tiring. Yeah. Uh. All right. That looks like that's pretty much it for uh, regular releases. Just there's a lot going on this week. Kevin, what about Criterion's? There's one Criterion, and it's a big one. Yeah. I don't know. You're probably excited for. That's Rob Reiner's Princess Bride. Yeah, I have a. I actually have a review in the can for this one, so that'll be up as well tomorrow. Or uh, well, you you already know about it then. I do know about it. It's a really. It's a pretty solid release. Yeah, it looks. I mean, like the the bullet points here, the the supplemental stuff. It's a long list. It's. Uh, I'll say this: it is absolutely packed with supplements. However. 99% of those supplements were in other releases. So oh, okay. uh, a lot of them were pulled. So Criterion released this before. They released this on Laserdisc back in the yeah, day. Yeah. So all of those, so the stuff from the Laserdisc and then uh, all the stuff from the 25th Anniversary Edition DVD are included. So most of the stuff that's on here is not new. You have... Like the the audio commentaries from 1996, so that's an older commentary track, and then you have the making of featurettes and stuff are all older as well. There are a couple new things, and it's a new 4K restoration on the on the disc, and then the case. It's not a standard Blu-ray case. It actually comes in a hardback book. Hmm which is really nice. And it has like this 37 page booklet in it that has these great um, uh, illustrations and essays and stuff like that. So even though a lot of the, the bonus stuff is from other releases, it's still like the definitive version of this movie. Yeah. Criterion doesn't usually do too much of the novelty collector packaging, but when they do, it's always as expected, very good. Oh, yeah, it's really high quality. A lot of detail in the book. So, yeah, I would recommend picking that up for sure. Uh, All right, I think that's going to do it for this week. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you dig the show, consider becoming a Patreon, patreon.com slash filmpulse. You can send us your questions and topics to feedback at filmpulse.net. You can follow us on Twitter at filmpulse.net at Film Pulse, Kevin, and at kbake underscore 99. For Kevin Rakestraw and Ken Bakley, my name's Adam Patterson. We'll see you next week. Bye, everyone.